I've mentioned to you before that growing up, my sport of choice was soccer. So all throughout my life, I played that sport, and usually the position that I played was defense. Um, In particular, I was often playing the last defender on the field, which is typically called the sweeper. And there's something unique about that position, because you have a vantage point that the rest of the team doesn't have, except maybe the goalie. But you're closer to the team, and so you're able to um, kind of see the bigger picture. And while you see the bigger picture, you're able to kind of, in a sense, direct traffic, kind of give uh, orders and instructions um, in order to strategically adjust as the game unfolds. Well, um, I remember uh, what would often happen, and this often happens in a a lot of times in sports. Um, You see this uh, just about any time. There's inevitably going to be a bad call. And what would typically happen whenever there was a bad call, um, I had a a teammate, and just to preserve his dignity, um, because he's still here in Lafayette, I'm just going to call him Jerry. That's not his name, but for your your purposes, his name's going to be Jerry. And uh, what Jerry would do is that uh, whenever there would be a bad call, he would lose it. He would get so aggravated, and he would start arguing with the ref, and he would throw a little fit. And, um, and the ref would move on, and the ball is in play, and we're playing. But nonetheless, Jerry is still throwing his little temper tantrum. Well, frustrating thing is that Jerry was on my defensive squad, my, my team here, and uh, now he just basically lost a guy because Jerry's still doing his little thing. And the other team's about to score, and now I have to work extra hard because Jerry is throwing a little hissy fit. For those of you that play sports, has anything like that ever happened before? And it's so aggravating because you're like, okay, get over it. We can be mad later, but right now the ball's in play. Get it together and let's focus on what's most important. And it wasn't just Jerry, to be honest. Um, It would happen a lot and um, with with a lot of different players. and, And it's amazing how our emotions sometimes blind us from the bigger picture. How sometimes we get so caught up in anger or frustration and we, and we're filled with pride in that moment and we just have to fight this tiny little battle and we forget about the bigger battle. So in the example of soccer, we forget about the main goal of we're just trying to win this game. It's so much bigger than this tiny little argument between you and the ref. But how much truer is that in life as a whole? even off of the field, and in school, and in the workplace, and with our friends, and even more so in the spiritual life. Sometimes we forget the bigger picture, we get blinded to the bigger picture because we're so caught up in the high emotions of a particular battle. So in today's gospel, it's kind of a long gospel, and it's towards the end of Luke's gospel. And it's kind of confusing. There's a lot going on there, and, and you might have had a difficult time figuring out what, what was happening. And there's just so many different places we could go with this homily. But as I was praying with it, what particularly stood out to me was Jesus' words right in the middle. It says this. He says, be not deceived. Be not deceived. Now, as, as we're kind of getting to the end of Luke's gospel, The context here of what's happening 
It's Jesus and his disciples that's they're near the Jerusalem temple and, and they're just marveling at the beauty of this wonderful temple. And because that's not really part of our daily experience, it's just important to kind of put ourselves into context here. The temple for the Jewish people was the primary and central place of Jewish worship. This was the primary place to offer sacrifices. This was the like the main place the main symbol of their entire Jewish identity. This was their most important spot. And this is grand, huge, like far greater than any of these churches that we may experience. This was a huge physical structure. Thousands of people could fit inside of it. And this was something they were very proud of. And so they're marveling about this with Jesus. And Jesus very soberly and and somberly says this, in just a, few, just a moment's time, all of this will be gone. Jesus prophesied the destruction of the temple right before them. And so it's, it's just kind of a daunting thing because Jesus prophesies something that, that does take place just a few years after Jesus' death. We know in AD 70, the destruction of the Jerusalem temple was perhaps the most dramatic event of the Jewish um, people in the Jewish history. And it happened just as Jesus prophesied. And Jesus also prophesies natural disasters, famines and earthquakes, plagues. And he says, be not terrified when that happens. And he also prophesies persecution. He says that you will be hated because of my name. Those people that identify as Christians, this is going to be hard. You will suffer. You will be persecuted physically. And you will even, many of you, be put to death. And we know that all three of these things are true because Jesus, as he prophesied this, he just looked back into history. Soon after his death, all of these things took place. The destruction of the Jerusalem temple in AD 70. You read the Acts of the Apostles and most majority of Christians were martyred for their lives. In fact, the first 300 years of Christianity, Christianity was illegal. And so to be Christian had a target on your back and you were probably going to die soon. Um, And then, of course, there was earthquakes, famines. And to this day, that still happens. All of what he said was true. And yet Jesus says, be not afraid and be not deceived. You see, because many of us, as we suffer and we, you know, we still experience suffering today, we're all looking for someone to solve that to take it away. We're all looking for that savior. Maybe we believe we put all of our marbles in the bucket for some political leader or from some charismatic celebrity or from just some really good business leader or something. Like we, we're just all looking for like that perfect answer. Like what's it going to be if we finally get rid of our suffering? And then usually sooner or later, we hit this wall of discouragement because we realize that this world simply is not perfect. That this world just has a lot of suffering and that even in our own life, we experience all the suffering that we thought that we could have achieved beyond. We thought we could have got away with it if we would have just followed the right steps, if we would have just made the right grades, if we would have just hit the right job, then we could have avoided all of this suffering. We wouldn't be so heavy and discouraged as we feel right now, but sometimes we get overwhelmed. And Jesus says, be not deceived. Be not deceived what your ultimate goal is. Because our ultimate goal is heaven, 
and our primary focus is Jesus Christ. But sometimes we can be a little discouraged. So just want you to think for a moment. Think about that last time that you vented because it was just a long day or you're really frustrated about something. You called your friend or your spouse and you just had to vent. Or think about that last time that you just got so mad and you like threw a temper tantrum. You're just so angry. You just had to shout. Or maybe think about that last time that you were just discouraged. You were just down, depressed, in the dumps, having the most terrible, dark, and negative thoughts. Have you lost sight of the bigger picture? What battle are you fighting? And what are you trying to achieve? Jesus reminds us what our bigger picture is. Our bigger picture is not this world, and it's not those tiny little battles that you face. Yes, it's true. We do need to take responsibility for our lives. We should make this world a better place and work together in that process. And in that process, we're going to face a lot of challenges and probably a lot of failures and a lot of suffering. But none of that is a bigger picture because the bigger picture is our ultimate destiny in heaven. And the only way there is through Jesus Christ and fidelity to him. Not any of these other smaller little battles that make us lose it. But yeah, we lose a lot of mental and emotional energy off of those other small battles, don't we? Just like in that soccer game where my teammates would just lose it over a tiny little moment and they would almost throw the game out the window because they just had to pridefully win that little argument with the ref. Sometimes we too will throw our eternal salvation out the window because we get so caught up in the tiny little temper tantrum, tiny little drama of our life, and we lose sight of the bigger picture. Today, we want to refocus. We're coming to the end of the liturgical year. Next week is Christ the King, and the week after that is the beginning of the new year, Advent. As we come to this end of the liturgical year, we're reminded of our eternal destiny. We're reminded of the end times. The destruction of the Jerusalem temple was a foreshadowing of the destruction of this entire world. People often will ask, like, when is the end times? When's it going to come? Is it, is it 2022? Is it 2023? Is it coming to the 2012? Whatever. Like, people get all stressed out about it. And the, the catechism reminds us, based off of Scripture and all of what Jesus says, the end times started when Jesus died. The end times are now. So stop stressing out about it. We're in the, we're in the end times. And the end times consist of lots of suffering, especially for Christians. So it's already here. So you can relieve yourself of the pressure of waiting for that moment when it's going to come. We're already here. Now, there will be a day that no one knows except the Father where it's all going to just come to an end, just like the Jerusalem temple. But what's the proper Christian response? The proper Christian response to that is joy. We should be excited when that day comes. Because it means that we are entering the kingdom of heaven if we're justified, if we are close to Jesus. And so if you're not overjoyed by the possibility of the parousia, the, the, the second coming of Jesus Christ, then I think that just reveals a little bit deeper of what's going on in your life and in your heart. 
I think it just reveals a little bit more about your disconnect from Jesus. And the good news is that Jesus, if that disconnect exists, Jesus is ready to have you back so that you won't be anxious, you won't be afraid, and your bigger picture is clear. And the thought of the end of the world is something that excites you, not terrifies you. Because God king, God's kingdom will reign for those who stay close to him. Tonight is about being reminded about the bigger picture. Be not afraid. And be not deceived. All of these small little battles that we fight, they're still important, but they're not even close to comparison of the main battle between good and evil. Our destiny is heaven, and our primary focus is Jesus Christ. Amen.